Hello, and welcome to the NPRD podcast with nurse practitioner and registered dietitian Robin Kivit. Eating disorders, body image, medicine, they are all interconnected. But with so many programs, techniques, and advice to choose from, it's easy to be overwhelmed. Robin, with more than 25 years of experience as a nurse practitioner and registered dietitian, offers help and hope for everyone, families, children, and adults. Along with veteran talk show host and good friend, Jordan Rich, Robin invites you to learn much more right here on the NPRD podcast. Hi there. Welcome to our first fall 2022 edition of the NPRD. So excited. This one has been in the works for a really long time. I have Courtney Brown and Whitney Trotter, dietitians and nurse practitioners. Whitney's finishing her clinical. Courtney's combined her degrees. So like to find other people like you on the planet in so many ways feels like really like really good karma to me. (laughs) Um, Thank you both for being on. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. Thanks for having us. It's so fun. And we all kind of do have a a background in eating disorder, which is so also so interesting. Yeah, that was thank you, Whitney. I appreciate that. That was the other major, major combining factor. I'd love to hear from both of you, though, on like, please explain your exact credentials, because I probably, you know, I want to hear what they are. Whitney, do you want to go first? No, 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 you go first. So yes, I'm a registered dietitian, also a nurse practitioner. So included in that is being a a nurse. Um, I was a dietitian first, then became a nurse, and then nurse practitioner. Yeah, similar. I think it's, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but yeah, I was a dietitian first, then went back to nursing school, and I'm now finishing up my last year. Um, But people always ask me, like, which one was harder or easier? I mean, I think they they both have so much to offer. I love the combo, but it's definitely harder to be a dietitian. The, uh, what you have to do internship wise, um, was a lot harder for me than applying and enrolling and getting accepted into nursing school. I think you're right. I think, but I'm so, I'm so much older than you guys. So I did my, I did my clinical in my undergrad in one of those coordinated programs. Mm. And now I think they have the coordinated program with a master's degree because you can't practice without it. Like I was done in four years, like you would get a bachelor of science in nursing with all that, no masters. Um, But I get that question too. Like, which were you first? What did you want to do? Is it worth it? So I want to know from both of you, why did you combine these? Like, what was the what was the driving factor? Yeah, I think you should go first, Robin. Honestly, I I leave it up to the sort of thought that I couldn't decide initially. Like, I was like, should I be a nurse? Should I be a dietitian? I don't know what I want to do. What should I mean? You know, um, and then when I graduated with my RD and I started to work in 1994, I I thought, gosh. This is, I love what I'm doing, but I am not getting to these patients the way I want to. I'm not practicing at the level that I want to be at, you know, on the team. Um, And I think also part of it, I thought, oh, I don't know enough yet because we, we, we learn, but we don't practice until we're out. 
And that was the naivety of me in my early 20s because I didn't understand it. The more I practiced, the more I would learn. So I couldn't decide. And then I thought, well, I'll just, I'll do these two things. And that was what my decision process was. I wouldn't change it. I was pretty similar to you, Robin, in the sense that I knew I wanted to go into a helping profession. I was pretty disappointed in high school that it was going to require me to go to college because I actually didn't want to go to college. Yeah. I don't love school. Mm -hmm. um, I like learning, but I don't always like school, especially homework and that sort of thing. So um, I actually started off as an athletic training major. And similar to what you said, Robin, I was finding that I wasn't, I wasn't going to be satisfied with that level of uh, what I could provide athletes on the field. And so then I, I didn't want to change colleges. And so I looked at the other helping professions and I was like, wow, nutrition is basic to life. Let me become a dietitian. Interestingly, at the time when I was considering how to change my major, my mom was like, you should be a nurse. You'd be a great nurse. I was like, no, I don't want to be a nurse. So I, mm -hmm. I became, um, you know, I was in process to, to do, um, everything to become a dietitian. And I volunteered in Ghana, West Africa on a medical mm -hmm. team in between my junior and senior year of college. And I, I did all the studying, preparing, what are they going to be deficient in? How can I use my nutrition background to help on this team? And ended up realizing that in that setting, they, they live day to day. They can't really be prevention minded policies and economic status and all these things get in the way of, of really thinking about healthy eating on a, a long-term basis. And so I jumped in and did everything from wound care to triage to it was just all the blood and gut sort of thing. And I really liked it. So then I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do those things as a dietitian. So what else, what else can I do that would help with that? And so I actually considered going to PA school because I had all my prereqs already. Um, but then when I was in my dietetic internship, I worked with nurse practitioners and was like, wow, if I want to work internationally, I could always work as a nurse even though I might not be able to work as a nurse practitioner. So I chose nurse practitioner over physician assistant for that reason. Um, but I still wanted to be a dietitian. So I finished my internship, worked as a dietitian. Then I went to nursing school, finished nursing school, worked as a nurse, and then went back to NP school. So it was a very stepwise approach for me. Um, and I, I agree. I think it's a great combination. Um, I primarily work as a nurse practitioner right now, but being a dietitian always informs what I do. And it's been beneficial at times when I've conducted more of like a nutrition visit with a patient, but was able to bill as a nurse practitioner. So they always were able to get coverage for the service. Right. I always say to patients, I'm never taking off one of the hats. Like you're, you're always getting two for one, you know? Exactly. So, oh, I love what, that. I'm going to start using that. You're getting yeah. two. Yeah. Two for one. <laughs> so yeah, similarly, I actually was, um, I knew I wanted to be an HIV dietitian. And so mm. in undergrad, one of my professors, she was Nigerian and would go back to Nigeria and work with HIV moms, excuse me, would work with HIV moms who were breastfeeding. And I just found like the world of HIV and AIDS and the impact that I could do as a dietitian so profound. And so I graduated undergrad. Um, I actually did not match my first year. I was a, a college athlete and they have like just back in the day, I mean, it was 10, 11 years ago, but the, um, the application process was so tedious, but also yeah. you had to have all these working hours. Well, 
the NCAA at the time had so many sanctions on hours that college athletes could work. And I was a two semester. So I didn't even get matched my my first time. And I I was like, so upset, so disappointed. Um, But my professor was like, really encouraged me to like, just wait a year and do the process again. So I did became a dietitian, um, moved to Memphis, studied in like, this St. Jude has a um, pediatric HIV clinic. So Mm -hmm. I did like my graduate work there. Um, Then once I graduated, I worked in the adult uh, hospital on the HIV floor. Um, But then I started getting really involved in like human trafficking and wanting to work in sexual assault. And so that's why I ended up going back to nursing school. And both of you are sane trained too. That was another piece that was really interesting to me when we originally talked because so for our listeners who aren't in the clinical side, Sexual assault nurse examiner training is something that Whitney and Courtney both have gone ahead and done. It's something I've thought about for a long time. We we had a good long discussion about that a while back. Um, so a lot of similarities from our interests to you know where we spend our time now. Um, and so how many how many people contact you a month about this? degree combination I think it comes in sort of ebbs and flows sometimes I hear from like a couple of students or a couple of folks and then I don't hear it all and they seem to find Mm -hmm. you know me on LinkedIn or something like that yeah I would say it's similar for me um I I think more than people contacting me to talk about my degree because they're thinking of of doing something in addition I get I get more comments kind of offhandedly from people. Oh, that's such a great combination. You must be so valuable. And I agree with that. And I also get frustrated at times because it has been difficult in a, in a work setting to combine them formally. You know, Mm -hmm. people are like, Oh, it's great that you're both, but we want you to stay in your lane and you are working as a nurse practitioner in this role. Like, especially my current job, I am working very closely with dietitians and yet even though I'm a dietitian, I have to, I have to excuse that hat in my current role. I've I've been asked to basically. Mm. (laughs) So it, it can be difficult at times, potentially more. So for you, Robin, I can imagine it in private practice, you're a little bit more in control of, of which hat is primary, which hat is secondary, what you're really utilizing at that time, or you're able to weave them together more seamlessly and evenly. But I've struggled at times with trying to use both simultaneously and it not being welcomed or not, you know, I'm doing it in the background, but it's not formally um, welcomed, if that makes sense. I think that it's, it's a great selling point to be hired, right? Like, I think that comes off quite shiny. Um, And then sometimes it's difficult to a be compensated and like right be be sort of practice and you're right I think in private practice I I that's where I do say a lot of the two for one like there are some patients I see just for nutrition as a dietitian because that's what we're billing insurance for um Mm -hmm. I always ask them about their medicine you know I may not be that person on that team but it I, I know enough that I want to know more about that part of them so that I can understand and help them. Um, 
I don't know. What about you, Whitney? What have, what have you found? Yeah, it's been interesting. I think, um, yeah, I'll be curious once I finish, like how to do the combination. Cause I've just, I've been an RD for so long. And even, even when I was working in a, as an ER nurse, I still like, they knew I was a dietitian. So I remember one instance, there was a mom late at night and like, she was having trouble latching and breastfeeding. And so the attending came and got me and was like, Hey, can you, you know, can you help? Or like, if there was a diabetic patient on, I usually work night weekends. Um, and they would ask me to do education. So it it is like, you just can't take that part of you off, you know? Um, but I'm doing psych, a subspecialty, um, as a nurse practitioner, um, and plan to still work in eating disorders. So I think that'll be interesting figuring out that, that combination and yeah, all the things that's, um, what I can appreciate is being a provider in school. There's a lot of emphasis on billing and coding. And mm-hmm. I wish that I would have gotten that, um, in school as a dietitian. I think a lot of programs are, are doing a better job now of like explaining that, but I think that was one of the things that has been, um, two things very drastically different being in psych. We also had to, I had to spend a whole semester getting trained under a therapist mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, they need, they should do that for RDs, you know, mm-hmm. to help our therapeutic counseling skills. Um, so there's, there's a lot of overlap and a lot of things. I'm like, oh, I wish our, um, our, I, our, uh, dietetics profession would incorporate some of this. There's a lot more dietitians I see and know who get supervision now from therapists, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. Um, And my supervisors are therapists and psychiatrists, um, not dietitians, although I've done I've done that and did that, but not not right now. But to your point about coding, good for the educators for bringing that in. Nobody told me anything about that. And it's so challenging. Really, I think the main piece for me is it's challenging for my patients when I'm in network for one thing, but not in network for something else. Mm -hmm. And I really find that, unfortunately, the insurance companies are not quite helpful in that regard. It's really, really frustrating um, to, to have that be their experience, but that's awesome. Like they cover coding in school now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's been great. It's been, it's been great. And even, um, yeah, like I said, I'm in my last year of like, even my preceptor is really big on like, okay, we're changing this code because this is what we did today. We do a lot of gene site testing for the psychotropic mm-hmm. medicines, yeah. which I, I'm, I'm such a nerd. I just love learning about. I us. love that. Yeah. I love it. And every time we use a, whatever, we use a couple of different companies, but I do the call. Yes. I'm with you right there. I'm like, what can I learn? Yeah. Ask. <laughs> it's so fascinating. So fascinating. I do think so, it's going to be interesting. Oh, sorry. Um, just kind no, of like go ahead. moving forward um, in terms of like nurse practitioners, hopefully getting full practice authority in more states and Mm-hmm. Um, other professions kind of moving forward with either a you know doctoral level degree as the the terminal degree, you know w- all of these things that are kind of we're moving forward in so many of these professions 
it'll be interesting to see if there's shifts in in what's allowed in terms of um you know like dietitians doing a little bit more therapy or nurse practitioners incorporating the nutrition aspect i mean i feel like there is some you know this is my territory this is my zone don't really encroach on this and everybody's kind of trying to assert their role on a multidisciplinary or transdisciplinary team whatever you want to call it but ultimately i think we're here to help people with what they want and need and if somebody is qualified and able to do it excellently why not allow them to do it? And so it'll be, I think it is an exciting time to be in healthcare and also can be frustrating at times because you have to work against limitations, be it policies, bureaucracy, various things like that. Um, But I think when you have a combination like we have, it allows more creativity and kind of working, working within the limitations. No, that's so true. I'm glad you brought that up, Courtney, about the full practice um, autonomy, because it's been such a big topic in school. And um, yeah, trying to figure out where to practice, because I always tell dietitians this too, like, as a dietitian, I I definitely, I, I have my own private practice, and I took for granted seeing what my colleagues um, and my preceptors and supervisors have to navigate through now as nurse practitioners, because of course, Majority Southern states are not full practice, but in the North they well, that's are. That's what I wanted to ask you both. So, so Courtney, you're in Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. And Whitney, you're in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. neither of your states have full practice. No, mm-hmm. and actually, I just moved here from California, where I—that's the only place I'd ever practiced as a nurse practitioner. And California doesn't have full practice authority either yet. <laughs> Georgia is more restrictive than California in certain ways. So I've had to kind of reorient myself, you know, like in terms of what I can prescribe and what I can do. It's different here than it was in California. Even we only gained it in Massachusetts. It was a big, you know, big push fighting really for years and Mm -hmm. the pandemic shifted that we were granted emergent full practice authority and then I was jumping up and down in my kitchen I think it was January 1st of 2021 when the governor gave a speech and I was just like elated you know that was it decision made um so it's a it's a rough fight but it's a good fight to fight I think at the same time I still have supervision with MDs because not because I have to but because I want to keep learning again from them and therapists and different clinicians to make sure when I sit down with a patient I'm showing up as my best self you know as a clinician with as many tools as I can to help them absolutely and I think we always should be learning if we're not we should (laughs) we shouldn't be practicing Absolutely. Absolutely. So Whitney, when you're done in the spring, my dear, with clinical? So, yeah. So I'm in a doctoral program. So I will finish up okay. all my hours, have everything I need to sit for like the licensure exam, but because it's a doctoral program, they won't release you until the doctoral part is done. So I'll be, I'll graduate December, 2023. 
Okay. And your DPT will be in psychiatric. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Care. Okay. And then, Courtney, your NP is family. Family, same as me. Yeah. And then, are did Whitney? You're a CEDS. No, are either of you Mm -mm. further in the IADEP thing? Okay. No, it wasn't worth the money. Um. Yeah, I've been I've been doing eating disorders for ten years, and um. I just, to me, the lack of just diversity and inclusion mm. um, that, that I adept had, it just wasn't worth it for me. So I do a yeah. lot of supervision, like you said, with therapists, other providers, um, but I see a lot of BIPOC clients and then a lot of clients who um, have different um, like immigration statuses. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it just worked out better for me to get more um, supervision and consultation from people that, um, shared similar identities to the clients that I work with. Right. Well, and good for you. Great for you because Mm -hmm. that's how we better ourselves, right. And better the people we work with that we are honored to work with. That's what I think. Yeah. And I think there, for me, there's a point in time in which alphabet soup behind my name has lost its uh, <laughs> appeal <laughs> I really only want to have so many things to keep track of and to have to do more continuing education for and, and that sort of thing and I don't know I mean I don't have a doctorate at this point in time and there may be a point in time when I feel like it's warranted or it's going to be beneficial but you know I also think that there's a possibility that I'll spend the rest of my career without one and that will be okay too so you know I think to Whitney's point the cost benefit analysis but what are you also gaining from those letters behind your name is that crucial like I had to go to college in order to become any one of these professions that I you know that I've joined um that was a non-negotiable. You can't be a dietitian if you didn't go to right. school. You can't be a nurse or a nurse practitioner if you didn't go to school. Um, but you can practice with a lot of experience and still with excellence and, you know, ethically and all of that without certain credentials. So Yeah. And I think it also, it, it begins, you know, it's time, time, not just keeping up with the credential, but doing the applications and so on and so forth, but also it's financially challenging like you know the amount of like our DEA like there's a lot of expense that we incur to keep our professional status up just to be dietitians and nurse practitioners period without you know further credentialing um which could that that seems as the older I get it is it is enough Right. And I don't want to discount anyone who would seek a credential if that is the way that they are going to learn their experience in a more structured environment. And, and it's, you know, I, I don't want to dissuade someone from doing something if they if they want to pursue it. You know, I'm not poo-pooing any, any one particular um, certification. But yeah, I think we pick and choose where our interest lies and what will be helpful. And you can change your mind. I had my CSSD for 10 years and then I just, I didn't, you know, that certified specialist in sports Mm -hmm. dietetics. Then I was like, I just, you know, this isn't what I'm doing. I'm not doing this as much anymore. I'm not working with as many athletes. Um, It certainly helped the CEUs for the academy for five years, one and done. But 
um, you know, you can move on and change. And, you know, like you two went ahead and, you know, achieved your SANE training and certificates. So it's, that's the beauty, I think, more of nursing in some ways than dietetics is how shiftable we get to be with who we work with. Um, I do appreciate that. So true. So true. Yeah. I actually don't, I'll, I just want to clarify. Um, I don't have a SANE certification because where I was working didn't require it. We had a regional certification process basically. Um, but not to say that I wouldn't pursue it in the future. Um, I think that is like regionally, that can also be an impact, you know, like I, I know here in the South, especially in Georgia, um, to continue the work as a sexual assault forensic examiner, I essentially will need that certification because it's being looked at more in courts as a, a marker of your expertise versus where I was practicing before. It, it wasn't something that came up in court as a, you know, a prerequisite for doing the work. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up too, because so here you have, you cannot be a SANE without being a nurse practitioner. So even though, so I worked at the rape crisis center for eight years doing the interviews, but I cannot finish. They won't grant me the certification until December when I also have my MP. Um, And that's because we have a stand, that's because we have a standalone rape crisis center where we are. And in Massachusetts, you need to be an NP yeah. to, to achieve your same. So we're, we're just about at time. And I'm, I, I was so excited about this today. Like it got me through my week <laughs> just to know that, you know, at the end of the week, there was going to be this like really rich conversation with both of you around these things, not things, but these sort of paths that we've all taken. It's really, it's just really a bit, makes me feel good about our work and you know sort of singularly and together um so I want to thank you for being on today and just ask you you know if someone were to come to you and say who's younger or not and say should I combine my degrees I don't know what would you say gosh tough question I I mean I think it's been worth it it's been very challenging just yeah keeping up with everything that you have to but I can't I can't imagine doing anything different you know likewise I mean if you were to tell me in college that this would be where I ended up I I would have laughed again I told my mom I didn't want to be a nurse and and then I became one um yeah I mean it's a it's been about as much of the journey for me the path that I've taken you know like all of the experiences that I've had along the way but then also just to see how it's all come together in such interesting ways like both professionally as a job but also the volunteer things that I've been able to do um I would argue sometimes those opportunities are where I I get to see everything come together even more cohesively and beautifully Mm -hmm. than in, in my actual job that pays the bills so I, yeah, I'm not going to say it's been easy. Um, and so I think one really needs to consider um, all of these, you know, education costs, you know, keeping right. up with everything. But, but I'm so grateful that I, that I have been on this path and really am excited about where it could continue to take me. I do always encourage folks when they ask to take the least expensive path possible, like choose the school, the educational program that's going to give you your degree. But don't put yourself into 
hellish yet doing it, <laughs> if that's at all possible. You know I'm going to knock on your doors to have you on again, and I really appreciate your time. I know how busy everyone is. Just thank you. Thank you. Well, onward, I guess, as, as dietitians and NPs and NP very soon to be, Whitney. Thank you so much. I appreciate it greatly. Thank you both. What an honor to, to be on the podcast and to, to talk about all of this with both of you. Thank you for joining us for the NPRD podcast with Robin Kivit. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate and review us and share this valuable podcast with friends and family. Help and hope is found here. For more, just go to robinkivit.com. That's R-O-B-Y-N-K-I-E-V-I-T.com. Or check out the NPRD.com. 